Kia ora and welcome to The Run Home on SNZ this Friday the 3rd of March. Kim and Beef here thanks to MIG Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Coming up on our Macca's menu for a cracking Friday show today, we are of course getting all the good odds from our friends at the TAB and Brendan Popperwell and crossing two to Greg O'Connor. We're also talking a lot of league. NRL is back. How good. Tawira Nico joins us on the show a little later. And hey, guess what else starts this weekend? ANZ Premiership. Former Silver Ferns captain Katrina Rore joins us as well, as does Jason Holland from Melbourne, where Beef is currently. We're also going live to Wellington ahead of the Warriors season opener against the Knights. The one New Zealand Warriors, of course, the team we at SNZ are backing this year. That is your Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. My, 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 what a huge weekend of sport we have in store for us. Let me give you a brief rundown. Super round, super rugby. Crusaders, Highlanders, Rebels, Canes, Chiefs, Moana Pacifica, Waratahs, Fiji and Drua, Blues, Brumbies, Force Reds, Opiki, Blues, Chiefs and Matatu, Canes. We, of course, have the NRL primarily looking at the one New Zealand Warriors up against the Knights in Wellington starting tonight. Remember, you can catch all of that commentary right here on SENZ. Sammy Hewitt and Kempe with the call there. They're on air from 7 o'clock right after the run home. Then... NBL, throw it in the mix. The Breakers v Sydney, game one of the grand finals tonight over in Sydney. The ANZ Premiership starts. The Mystics up against the Steel. The Pulse and the Magic, the Stars Tactics. The Knicks are also in action this weekend. It feels like at this stage you won't be able to pry your eyes from a TV screen. Let us know what you'll be watching because, my goodness, there's some fierce competition out there, and I know a lot of people who are very passionate about league will potentially be prioritising that one this weekend. But, in my view, it is hard to go past the Super Rugby after the show that was put on in the last weekend because what a stupendous way that was to kick off the season and there's a lot of intriguing storylines to go this year, so uh, this weekend rather. So let us know what you'll be watching uh, given the choice here on the temper te- text us in in the temper te- temper bedpost. Goodness me, text machine double eight double three. Remember, you can also give us a call anytime on the Makita phone line 0800 150 811. We are all ears. Uh, now, the Wellington Phoenix. They've announced that their two best midfielders, Clayton Lewis and Stephen Ugarkovic, and their goalkeeper, Oli Sale, will not be re-signing for the club for the 2023-24 season. A big blow there. Sale is poised to join Perth Glory. Ugarkovic is being pursued by Melbourne City. Lewis's future a little unclear, but he has had a lot of interest from other clubs also in the A-League. The Phoenix's director of football, Sean Gill, spoke about this today. Here's what he had to say. It's, it's, it's always disappointing to, to lose players who are, who are starting quality uh, A-League players. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, players have aspirations uh, and, and they need to do what they think is right for them. Why do you think the club hasn't been able to retain them? Uh, look, each, each, each circumstance is different, right? We knew uh, coming into this, this season, you know, where Steven Ugarkovic was and, you know, what length of contract he was looking for to start with and, and where he wanted to try and get to in his future. Um, so, yeah, we're comfortable with that one. We understand what's going on there. Uh, with Holly and Clay, we put forward 
uh, what we thought were, were good offers, um, but at the end of the day, they, they obviously didn't match up with what they were looking for. Mm, it's brutal world, world out there, the A-League contracting. Quite a distraction going on at the moment as well, as you would think, as if we're not used to that at the moment, right? Distractions are going on off the field when it comes to our elite sports. But you would think with six or seven rounds to go and the Phoenix fighting still for that playoff spot and sitting pretty good at the moment, this is probably the last thing that they need to be hearing three such prominent players uh, that are departing. Now, if you have, are wondering why you haven't heard our uh, much-loved Stephen Donald's voice yet, we are having a little technical difficulty uh, getting him in from his Melbourne studio where he is sitting primed, ready and waiting to join us. So we will get to him very shortly. And I know he's had a bit of a meeting of the minds actually over in Melbourne with a couple of former Knicks players. And I think he's quite excited to share his thoughts based on what they had to say to him at what I'm sure was a... Uh, a very professional meeting, knowing Beeb, right? Right? Nothing like technical difficulties to try and throw your co-host under the bus. In other news today, uh, Kiwi sprinter Zoe Hobbs. Now, this is quite something. She's broken her own Oceania and New Zealand record this morning in her heats at the National Championships. Now, she has run 11.07 seconds. That is bleeding quick. Now the time means she's achieved automatic entry into the World Athletics Championship later this year. Final for her event is due to start uh, not long uh, not long away now actually, 4.52 this afternoon. Here's how her heat played out. The senior women's 100 metres here at the New Zealand track and field champ Zoe Hobbs for the first time in 23, 2023 pulling away from the field it looks very close for that second and third place but Zoe Hobbs there she is, looking full of beans. Yeah, now that's speed, 11.07 seconds. That's 0.01 of a second quicker than her previous Oceania record. She set that last year at the World Championships. Really goes to show the sort of form that she is in and what is shaping as a massive year as well. Of course, she will want to be at the Olympics next year only 25 years old. We spoke to Sarah Cowley-Ross last week, actually, about the upcoming Nationals, what we expected to see, and she was waxing lyrical about the young sprinting talent that we have in New Zealand at the moment. Zoe Hobbs is leading the way there. Be fascinated to see if she can shave any more time off that this afternoon on that final stage. On to the cricket. You might have seen some news this morning that may have puzzled a few people as well. And that's that the Black Caps are set to play the UAE in a three-match T20 series later this year. Now, this is all about, of course, helping some of those associate nations, the, the developing nations, effectively, try and come up to scratch, to try and make it a more global game. So what they're telling us is that Ahead of them going to England uh, for the English summer, the Black Caps are playing this three-match T20 series uh, in August in the UAE. All games will be played under lights. Now, it's only the second time New Zealand has actually played the UAE in a full international. The first time was in the 1996 World Cup, uh, a one-day World Cup in Pakistan. So... I think this will be interesting. I've heard some poo-pooing about it. Why would we want to play the UAE of all teams? What does that do for us? I actually think it's a good thing in terms of helping the development of the game as a whole. Uh, will it be an opportunity for us to perhaps blood a few players, to have some younger players come through and get some international experience? Of course, not least because the priority this year has to be 
one day is because of that World Cup and not on T20s. However, in terms of the good for the overall game, I don't mind it. And I'm also very pleased in our uh, some late breaking news for 12pm here on The Run Home that <laughs> I am now joined by my co-host who has decided to finally chip in from his luxurious digs over in Melbourne. Beeve, enter, enter the now, conversation. Now, now, Kim, I'll just, I'll just uh, pop your balloon that you were trying to raise there <laughs> as far as, as if I've just walked in. Uh, no, we just had some te- technical difficulties. Um, and it's, it's ironic because uh, I'm surrounded by a mountain of technical <laughs> bits and pieces. I'm in the home of SEMZ. You mean technology? Technology. There's technology yeah, around well. me. There's about five studios. Yeah, I've, I should have just gone <laughs> to the different studios and seen which ones worked. But uh, no, um, I guess I, I was a bit complacent because I got so well looked after by my man Jordan yesterday. Um, he's not working today, obviously. He might be a man a man out of my own heart, and he takes Fridays off maybe. I don't know. Jordan's not here. Uh, but Michael sorted me out in the end. So we're up and running here. Um, I needed to. I needed my mic to work because jeepers, I was getting sick of listening to you to say the Black Caps are here for the good wow. of the world cricket. Come Just, on, wait, wait, wait a second. It's not up to the Just Black Caps to make the world of cricket a better place. I They're there to win games. I think you will find it is up to all of those full member nations to try and develop the game globally. Thank you very much, Stephen no. Donald. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm here for, an, an opposing <laughs> argument. Uh, <laughs> the beauty of it is neither of us ever have to fake it. We just genuinely disagree on everything. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you could. Could you hear me through that in the takes that I was giving on various topics? Uh, no, have you got some takes that I need to listen to, into? No, is look, I think I can... we're both we're both probably full of praise for Zoe Hobbs, but yes. I, I did mention that you had something of a meeting of the minds. We were talking about the Phoenix uh, and, of course, their oh, high-profile yes. departures, the the upcoming exodus for the Phoenix, yes. and I believe you actually have been spending some time recently with a couple of former players. Yeah, a few, a few Phoenix uh, a few Phoenix. Stars. Um, I uh, I shared I shared a shared an with who have mutual friends here in Melbourne, and uh, obviously one of them is Durant. Obviously the the Australian turned Kiwi. Um, fascinating story. Listening to that. I think it's Durante, uh, mate. Well, I call him Durante. Um, I think I was calling him Dura by the end of the night. Dura. Um, Andy. <laughs> Andy D. Um, no, no one calls him. No one calls him Andy apparently. Oh. Um, and, and Willow. Willow, and uh, of course Jacob knows who Willow is. I'm, I'm strictly on nicknames of Willow. Uh, well, we, we we did a bit of a guess who because obviously <laughs> Beave only had Willow to go off, um, and then I got <laughs> the last name out of him, Williams, and then I said, "Does he have long hair?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, he had quite long hair." I'm like, "Oh, you're talking about David Williams? Um, plays for Perth Glory nowadays, but uh, ex former uh, former Phoenix player a couple of years back." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he said he, he said he felt like he was there for five years, but he's only there for ten months. Brutal. Yeah, I don't know if that was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that was a reflection on things. As far, but he, what an illustrious career! He's been into India um, and all sorts of places to play football, and uh, sounds like India's actually quite mad for this soccer. Ah. Jacob, did you know that? I didn't realise. Yeah, that um, Spanish great and Andres Iniesta plays plays over there at the moment. Uh, well, he's yes. late into his thirties now. At the uh, swan song of his career, but yeah, no, they are mad into their football. When I think Roy Krishna, ex Phoenix player, yes. plays over there at the minute. You know, it was fantastic uh, spending time with them. I, I said to them, I get a lot of grief on the run home around my football knowledge, but I said after tonight, I think it's skyrocketed. 
Um, and, and if you want to tip out there, listeners, I reckon the Perth Glory put a few plus Macquarie this weekend down in Ballarat. So there's a, there's a little football tip for you from the news desk. Well, that's actually, that's a good point you raised, Beef, because one thing I haven't mentioned today so far is Beef is best. How could I? How could I forget uh, our Friday treat, of course? <laughs> Beef is, it is. It is a treat. Beef is yes. best. And it's just to let you know, though, the reason I do raise it uh, this early is because we will be picking a winner for that a little bit earlier in the show yes. today. So get your picks in early because Beef's pr- got to be organised. I've got to be organised, and I made a promise to our listeners that I'm going to stick to my absolute bread and butter. So I reckon I might have three legs out of Super Round this weekend, and I tell Ooh. you what, there's some tasty odds, and I don't think this weekend is as done and dusted as many people think it is. Interesting, because I put it to the listeners earlier as well. There's obviously so much going on this weekend between the rugby, the league, uh, the netball, the breakers, the Knicks. You can't watch it all. You presumably, well, in Melbourne, will be watching all of the rugby beef, but it's a tough yes. old pick for to be able to try and get everything in. Well, it's a tough old pick, but it's also a tough, well, not a tough weekend, but it is an important weekend. Oh, I mean, so much, so much goodwill is being built up around the Warriors, and they now need to go get the job done because, unfortunately, looking at the draw, if you don't get it done against Newcastle and Wellington, mm. then I think you're on the road to Cronulla and North Queensland, which are two tough away trips. So I just think it's really important that the the boys get it done. And I think they will, to be fair. They they seem to have made of different stuff this year. And the other one, and it's going to happen in not much more than a couple of hours, and, and, I, and I will be present for, is the Landers. They, they play in the Crusaders tonight. And after, I guess, a record... I presume it was a record. I can't remember in my life, and it's super ugly. It's covered by my life. Uh, the Landers ever conceding that sort of scoreline at home, mm. or ever that scoreline uh, that they did last week against the Blues. So for me, big weekend for the Landers to show something. Not, they're not necessarily going to beat the Crusaders because the Crusaders have got some demons of their own that they want mm. to exercise here tonight. But just to just to show something. Uh, that gives some hope to the fans back in Dunedin because, my word, if they went out and took another 50 on the chin tonight, Kim, oh. which is a long year. And, and, and to be honest with you, oh, jeepers. You, the Crusaders team, is they're going to be hurting. So, But they've got their own stuff to deal with. And the other big thing, and geez, I, I, it feels like we've been building up to this for weeks, which essentially we have because of this international break. But the breakers, oh. jeez. The Breakers, finally it's upon us after all the talk. So, so good. I actually can't wait. Like, I really miss seeing the Breakers in the finals. The excitement, the atmosphere, just constantly feeling like everything is on the line because it is. Oh, so excited. But like you say, it has felt, you almost almost just forgot about them because of that international break. There was such a lull in proceedings. It's quite bizarre. But it's upon us now, and what would a road victory early doors do for the chances, eh? Well, you'd get a home advantage effectively, wouldn't you? So <laughs> Essentially, you'd do the mess on that. <laughs> if we're taking a literal approach to that question. <laughs> it's uh, more rhetorical. <laughs> hey, just when you're talking on the Warriors uh, as well, though, babe, gosh, they'll have a hard time beating, I think, the season opener from last night. The Storm, of course, beating the Eels in Golden Point. Harry Grant putting himself right out there again for the best hooker in the competition after he managed uh, the winner in Golden Point. Have a listen. Ten metres out. 
Munster and Meany the two options. Grant goes himself from dummy half and reaches out to win the game for the Storm. Now, Bev, we talked about Super Rugby, or we have in the past talked about Super Rugby having, you know, a pretty dream weekend, really, in terms of its opening weekend last weekend. But as far as NRL openers go, can it get any better than a winning Golden Point? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the two two real, real strong teams there. I was saying to Jacob pre-show, the eulogy of the storm is always written. And <laughs> it's always it's always too early. And, and it'll be too early this year. The fact that you've got a spine of uh, the great Kiwi halfback, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, probably the most influential player of big games. And then you've got Harry Grant, who's arguably the best hooker in the game. And then when Pappenhausen sorts his hamstrings out or, or whatever it is that he's sorting out, I think it's hammies, that is a ridiculous spine. So... Mm. They will be there or thereabouts, and if they can get enough out of their, their new look forward pack, because obviously the, most of their forward pack, being the Kiwis of it, uh, have headed up to the Dolphins, the new team. Mm. Uh, so, no, I, I still see them as being a major threat. But, yeah, golden point to win it. I had the Storm uh, just on a wee bet. Uh, they don't lose the opening game. Never, Bellamy's never lost an opening game. don't know if you've heard that stat. Kim, I have but, heard uh, that stat yes. in 20 years. He gets them primed. It's insane. It was tested last night, wasn't it? But uh, in the end, keeping the faith uh, has worked. So, Munster, uh, compound fracture, was it? Yeah, uh, bone through the skin. That's nasty. Back. Got back on the field, dominated the second half. That's fine. Yeah. As you do. What finger? Do we know what finger it was? Was it an or influential I'd have finger? To, I'd, I'd have to, they're all influential, beef, aren't they? Uh, oh, I'd have to double check. I think it was his middle finger on his right hand. Middle finger. Okay, right well, Beave and I are now both looking at our right hands and looking at our middle fingers going, how does that affect Oh yeah. if he's okay. passing? Surely. Maybe and maybe he's still on the right side of the field. Imagine how hard that would be, taking, like tackling with that. Yeah, oh. tackling would be nice. Tackling would be nice. <laughs> passing left to right would be a lot easier than passing right to left. Uh, your, your dominant hand. Yeah, yes. Well, he set up I had a to, try. I had to act that out, but that's fine. Mm. He set up a try passing right to left too, so um, oh. clearly didn't impact uh, that. But he did Jay kind Dog. of make a defensive mistake for our junior, junior uh, Paolo's try for Para, didn't he? So maybe he's... Was, uh, it, was it a defensive mistake or a, a defensive decision to get out of it? <laughs> well, he, you know, no. He kind of uh, rushed the line and uh, Paolo was left open and uh, ran through, scored. I'll give you a little tip there, Jacob. Sometimes people rush to not make a tackle. Mm. That's, that's, that's what it seems like. That's, that's what the uh, the title of Beeb's second book's going to be, I think. Yeah, yeah, Rushing rush. to not make a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. 428 PM here on the run home. Remember, you can call any time on the Makita phone line 0800 150 or give us a text on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Temper and Bed Post's range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Now, one man who knows all about that is Stephen Donald. <laughs> Do you like that, Beef? <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. Look. It was only because you let out a big yawn while I was reading, and so I just thought, mm, here we go. That's my opportunity. Now, there's a few texts that have come in. There are, rather, a few texts that have come in uh, already. Kim, is the league and rugby on the same time tonight at 8pm? Yes. And on Monday morning, Manchester United play Liverpool. Now, that is spicy. Thank you, Mark. Very good reminder. Uh, that will be a fascinating 
old clash. But yes, of course, it's the uh, it's the Landers Crusaders game on at the exact same time as the Warriors Knights game tonight. So that'll be the old double screener, I imagine, Beef. Oh, you run a double screen. Geez, you yeah. must have a good sized TV. Well, no, one goes on the laptop and one goes on the TV. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought that one new seller of yours must be doing all sorts with a home entertainment system. Um, what, what, what's going to perk your interest out of those two the most? Yeah, oh, it's a tricky one. It's really hard to go past a Warriors opener. Opener. Um, yeah. To be perfectly honest, my other half, however, is yeah. <laughs> you know a rugby reporter, so that'll be that'll be high up the desperate. option list. He's look, desperate for redemption. Look, it'll be it, it's been a good week in the household <laughs> for me personally after the Chiefs went over the Crusaders. Beef. Let's just let's just put it that way. Uh, I hear you actually had him on the show earlier in the week, yes. and we're able to give him a bit of stick as well. So thank you for that. Yeah, but he said he had a, he said he had to go pretty quickly. So just as we we're about to really climb into him, uh, <laughs> we ran out of time. Um, has talking about this weekend's sport. Is, have any of the Texas come in around Beavers Best yet? Obviously, I can't yeah. see them here. Oh, okay. No, no. We've had a couple in for Beavers Best. Okay. Yes. So just hold Hit your me. horses. Hold your horses, Beef. Uh, simple head to head. Forced to win it, $2.90. Like it. Good good odds for two horse field with an under, with an underwhelming reds. Cheers from yes. Mark in Christchurch. Mark in Christchurch. Like it. It's actually going to be one. It's actually already in my app. Oh. As far as I was certainly going to put my own on it, I, okay. uh, it's, a, it's a depleted Reds team, and uh, I've just been getting a bit of oil around Melbourne. It's it's wonderful what you can get around the streets of Melbourne, and and a few people mm. in the know, as they say, like the look of that two ninety from the Force too. Nice to go with your uh, extra hot double shot soy latte. Uh, <laughs> the Beavers' best here, Penrith Panthers, eleven to twenty three dollars seventy five. Safe bet, good return for a multi. Cheers, John. John? Is that John from Christchurch or is that just John? Uh, John. Okay. M- might be John from Christchurch. Has left where he's from off off the text, I'm afraid. No, no. I think one of the Johns we have has actually got his got his name on us with Christchurch. The boys oh, okay. have always, you know, put a bit of detail nice. around the, nice. the listeners. Uh, we do have a couple more. We'll get to them shortly after this. It's time for Johnny Mac with the news. Thank you for those Beaver's Best texts. Keep them coming as Beave Beaves away, trying to make up that four-leg multi for you. And what better time to bring in Brendan Popperwell for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. BP, honestly, the weekend that we've got in store for us is just, (coughs) it's almost overwhelming me. Yeah, look, there's so much to choose from and, and that's going to make it hard to probably work out which four you want for Beaver's best. But um, let's kick it off with the Warriors because it really is taking centre of attention, to be honest with you, with our Friday entertainment. And I know that there's a lot on Mm. with the Super Round and the Breakers, but they are the best back team, the Warriors, in round number one for the NRL. That is quite clear uh, that they are the ones that the punters want. They're $1.55, and it is complete one-way traffic with them winning this match against the Newcastle Knights. So we're at $2.40. They they will be dangerous enough. They have a, a decent spine, and we'll be interested to see Ponga playing in the halves. Uh, but 
Warriors fans, they're not buying it. They just want to be with the Warriors. So your best back team for this weekend. There has been support for uh, Montoya to score a try, but also around his first or second try scorer in the match, which is boosted at a price of $5. He's been money for that option. And elsewhere in the Warriors, uh, we've seen a bet on, uh, where is it here, around the Warriors, just quickly find it for you again, where they are 1-12, to 12, best backed at $3.10. Uh, and the Warriors to be leading by half-time, uh, I think it was 13 and, or thirteen or more. Oh, so that's the Crusaders. Sorry, that's the Crusaders. We'll worry about that later. <laughs> uh, I hope um, Warriors 1-12, to 12, well supported, and Montoya uh, taking some money. What, what do you like in there, B? There's got to be something you, that's tickling your fancy in this Warriors match. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. The minus four at a dollar ninety, I think, is quite nice betting too. Uh, BP, I don't know what you think there. A dollar yep. ninety. Um, even the war. I think they must have just gone out a little bit since you last looked, mate. But they're at a dollar sixty. A dollar sixty when you chuck that in a multi, and if you've got a a bit of a roughie in your multi, that's not the worst to chuck in, is it? No, it's not. And, and, and look, it's a, it's a nice little builder for the weekend. And if you've got something else you like, if you've got a try scorer throughout the weekend, um, if you've got a team that you think might win 13 and over, we've seen popularity around uh, North Queensland to win their match against the Canberra Raiders. Certainly at the point start, you could be looking there. So, uh, And the Roosters against the Dolphins, uh, they're very well favoured. So, look, there's a, a, enough ways to sort of help that dollar sixty along and leverage it into something else. So, um, yep, I, I see where you're going. And as I said, it's it's all about the Warriors tonight. And, and, and let's hope so, too, because I feel as though there's some decent energy around the team suggesting they're going to play very well this year. And it would be nice if we can keep that energy going into round number two with a W next to their name after round one. Absolutely. It's crucial, I think, that they get that win win straight off the bat. The only the only other one in the league before we get on to Super Round, mate, that I am interested in, you, you mentioned the Dolphins and Sydney Roosters, plus seven and a half of the Dolphins at $1.90. Surely emotion and everything mm. about a franchise's first game means you don't lose by more than three converted tries. I, I just can't see it. I mean, there's so many tough, tough gnarly forwards in that Dolphins pack that... 18 points is, you know, that's it's a lot to give up. No Joey Manu, um, who's a lot mm. of the points in that Roosters team. I, I like the look of that, and I'm certainly considering that for my Beavers best. But Super Round, mate, I reckon, there's, I reckon we might get an upset or two out of a Super Round. I've got a feeling on a few of them. Yeah, well, I remember we spoke last time. I think it was at the Force and the Druid. They were the two yep. that um, you were liking. And that, that, that 290, uh, the Pier. Both of them have taken a little bit of speaking. Certainly the Drewer at the 290 and the Force, the very last game of the Super Round against the Reds. And, and like you said, Beef, I mean, look, they did. the Reds got thumped um, yep. by, by the Hurricanes, who, who look sharp, don't get me wrong. But, gee, the 290 versus 142, there seems to be a discrepancy in the price. And that, that could change as we get closer to Sunday uh, in terms of start time for that match. And we've seen money... And the points start for the force for that reason. Um, $1.82 is their price on plus seven and a half. So you've got yourself a converted try as a little bit of a saver. If you were working away from the $2.90, the $1.82 there around the force. Uh, in terms of other matches in Super Rugby, uh, look, the Crusaders, we just can't seem to take, we can't seem to turn the tap off here. Um, it's just all about the Crusaders at $1.05. And it, 
it's all about them winning this match quite heavy. I mean, they're dollar thirty-three now to win this thirteen and over. They were one seventy on Tuesday or Monday to win this match thirteen and over, and, and since then it has just been one-way traffic around the Crusaders winning and winning by a heavy, heavy margin. In terms of uh, popular bets away from the stock standard, Cody Taylor to score the first try at eleven dollars. We have taken a hmm. good, steady stream of money around Cody Taylor to score the first try. Uh, and the Crusaders to win by 21 to 40 has also taken some money in the power play, which is sitting around 2.30. Uh, anything that, that you like there, Beave, or not just that game, but anywhere else? Yeah, one game that does fascinate me, and I know I'm going to get the heat come at me from a few parts of our country, but the Brumbies. Now, I don't know if you've seen the pack, the, the Blues have named, but they've certainly rotated out the type five. And mm. only Paddy, I think, survives. Big Paddy's the only survivor of uh, of last week. And the Brumbies at four eighty or what? Four forty, sorry. Four forty. Yeah. If you've got a bit of money floating around come Sunday, I'm putting it on. I'm putting it on. I just, you know, on the I, Brumbies. Obviously, obviously, I wish all the best to the Blues, uh, close to my heart. But um, the four forty, <laughs> I just think. <laughs> <laughs> a team laden with Wallabies against uh, a Blues team who's rotated that pack out, as I've said. I just think that mm. you could do worse if you've got to lose five or ten to chuck on there. Obviously, gamble responsibly. Uh, 440, too much to ignore for me. Blues close to your heart, um, really? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm going to Look, the Brumbies are the best Australian side, uh, aren't they? They're they're going to put up a a hell of an effort. I I think, again, Beave, the the, the interest in this match has been in the point start for the Brumbies. Yes. Uh, 11.5 at $1.87 seems to be an attractive point start that that punters want to take it and dive into. Um, And even there's a 12.5 point start. If you look at the away point start, so if you just work your way down a little bit further, you get yourself a, another point in your favour, and that's a dollar seventy-five, and, and that has been the option that we've seen that the best money for uh, in terms of the Brumby. So, yep, four forty punters like it, or you can have the insurance. And hey, look, that means you could sit there and cheer for the Blues to yes. win by twelve points, and Perfect. the Brumbies plus twelve and a half still gets up. <laughs> so that might be the that, that's the, the safest way of going about it. I was talking to someone who will remain nameless this morning and we were talking about a wee punt this afternoon and we were talking about that 440 and we felt the TAB might just bump that point start up a bit for the Brumbies just to to bring it in line. So I'm waiting till Sunday. I reckon it could be a 15 and a half point head start. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep refreshing and and good luck with that. Sadly, BP, I think that's all we have time for from uh, the Blues' <laughs> biggest fan, Stephen Donald. Uh, as he did the chat, lovely to chat as always. So appreciate it. Enjoy a massive weekend of sport. Remember, you can bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Please gamble responsibly. That is R18.
4.47pm. Thank you for being here with us on the run home with Kim and Beeve this merry afternoon. Time to talk some harness racing. Get amongst it at hrnz.co.nz. Our main man, Greg O'Connor, is on the line. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining us as ever. Great to see we're getting some harness racing back at Alexandra Park. Yeah, g'day Kim. Look, it is fantastic. Um, you know, a month ago, uh, it was underwater like so much of uh, Auckland and, and the team have done a magnificent job to get that back in order. A guy called John Denton, who uh, looks after the entire country, spent uh, hours and hours alongside the Alexandra Park crew and um, I've seen some photos. The track looks in pristine order and they've got a very good race night there tonight. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to being back at Northern Headquarters. Now, Greg, before we uh, get those good tips off you for tonight, talk to us about Blair Orange and the news that came out during the week and uh, what that means for him. Yeah, magnificent opportunity for the now five-time Premiership winning driver. Uh, the World Drivers' Championship is held every couple of years, Beeve, and uh, unfortunately due to COVID and, and uh, the World Drivers' Championship not being held, he hasn't had that opportunity. Invariably, it goes to the the Premiership winner, and once he's been, they tend to share it around a wee bit, but he's going to get the chance to drive uh, in Europe, in Berlin, Germany, Netherlands. I think they race about 20 times, and it's uh, four different tracks across those three countries. So, um, yeah, great opportunity for, for Blair. He's at Alexandra Park tonight. The uh, the national awards are on in Christchurch tomorrow night. So, uh, like uh, so many of the people that will be there, I think there's about 260-odd going, they'll be there to celebrate the season just completed. It's now the calendar year, as we know, for harness racing. And, uh, yeah, I suppose that just adds a cherry to, uh, to what Blair's been uh, doing in the last five years. And, um, I'm sure he's looking forward to it, and we'll, we'll get an indication from him tomorrow night. Um, you know, when he heads up there, and um, and the opportunities that he's got ahead of him. And sorry, before we leave that, what's the horse situation? Do they supply, or does he take, or what's the story? Yeah, there? they do. Yeah, yep. ab- absolutely. Yep, there's ten drivers that uh, from from all the different countries uh, here. There, New Zealand have a, an excellent record in it. Uh, you know, we've had. Uh, champions Dexter Dunn, uh, Mark Jones uh, since the turn of the century. You know, prior to that, uh, the likes of uh, Tony Hurley, Morris McHenry's been at the World Drivers a couple of times. Ricky May, that, that's the sort of calibre of driver we've sent there. Uh, I think many, many years ago, Kevin Holmes was successful uh, at the World Drivers Championship. So, uh, and I think Robert Cameron uh, may well have been too. So we actually have a really good record in it. But they supply the horses. It's simply a random draw and. Um, you know, it's like any of those series. You, you need a little bit of luck with the horses you draw, and um, let's hope you get some. Absolutely. Now, turn our attention back to Alexandra Park. What, uh, what are we liking tonight, mate? Well, Beef, we need to lift. Last week, I think we were about three <laughs> horses. They, they, they all placed. But yeah. people aren't interested in that because they're backing them to win. So uh, one of those horses, there's no use coming on here and throwing the week we win because Tom, you've, you've just got to cop it and say, well, last week wasn't good enough. But we, we went with advanced You're party last integrity. week. And, yes, uh, we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think from time to time, tips that you need to put up how they're going, you know, because, um, yeah, like I say, you can crow when you're winning, but no one likes to talk about when they're losing. So let's let's turn this thing around. We'll go with advanced party again. I spoke to Zach Butcher this afternoon. He can't see any reason why she won't win this week. She's got barrier one. She's about $1.80 now. I know it's short, B, but if people are playing multis through the NRL. Yes. We're going to great to have that back. 
and, yes. and Super Rugby, then Advanced Party's the sort of multiplayer that you are looking for. And to be fair, speaking of Blair Orange, the same scenario with a horse called Sherlock going around in the feature there tonight. Uh, he's come up a dollar ninety. He's got a beautiful barrier draw. He had no luck at Cambridge a couple of weeks ago. And those are the, the, the two most logical horses to win there at Alexandra Park tonight. So I'd be playing around them. I know there's not a lot of spoil there, but like I say, people want winners. They don't want yes. place getters. Absolutely. And is there any, have we got anything else over the weekend in the harness world? Have we got any... any uh, more, absolutely, uh, we have beef. Yeah. Um, Manangle. Manangle continues. Yes. It's uh, the million-dollar miracle mile. Unfortunately, uh, BD Joe and Alter Wise Guy had no luck last week, so they haven't made the uh, the million-dollar final. There is some Kiwi interest ownership-wise, though. Spirit of St. Louis got barrier two, uh, and Brave U Kelly was very good winning last week uh, when she took out... Uh, the Queen Elizabeth, which is the champion mayor's status there at Menangle. So both of those are going around. BD Joe actually goes around in race six, which is $100,000 effectively consolation. Uh, and you'd have to think he'd be a pretty good chance. And our best chance of the night is actually Ulta Meteor, who won his heat of the derby last week. Tim Williams will be aboard again, drawn up beautifully in two. Uh, it's not the deepest derby field. They go for a couple of hundred thousand and at 10.23 tomorrow night. Hopeful that... Uh, get the business done there. Uh, Rangiora race on Sunday. Uh, they've got a nine-race program. A bit of a, a lower key type program. We might be losing you there a little bit, Greg, sorry. I think we've just, we might have cut out on you there, I'm afraid, but we'll leave it, leave it at that. Uh, he think was my... just about to give us his tip of the weekend. Oh, <laughs> I, I no. know, but at least he still gave us a quote of the night, which is we need to lift. And Beef, I think that's something that we can probably both take on. We'll be oh, back right after it... this. <laughs> we. Just a couple of minutes to five here on the run home. Thank you for being with us and thank you for texting in as well for Beaver's Best this afternoon. A few more goodies here for you, Beav. First try scorer. This is for your uh, beloved Chiefs. Nane Saturo, $8 seems a good choice from Chris. Up the Chiefs, he says. Thank you, Chris. Nane Saturo back for his first game of the season. Sensational last year for the Chiefs. So I like that, Chris. Absolutely. Uh, then a they'll Warriors. Score. They'll score a few tonight. Don't worry about <laughs> I that. I suspect so on. as well. Uh, <laughs> Warriors, Newcastle, any team starting forwards 8 to 13, any of the first three tries paying $15. That's from Mark and Pukakoi. Yeah, so that's not, I looked at that. That's not any of the first three tries. That's all three tries. Ah, okay. That does make a difference. Yeah. 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 No, entirely yeah. So, fair. So, the, so it's got to be all forwards. Um, but juicy, you're right. You're right. I'll have to. I'll have to look at that because, boy, if we if we take that, then I can go a dollar one shot. So I can probably put the Crusaders, Chiefs, and Hurricanes all in if we win that. What one. if you win that one? Yeah, Beef, I don't. I don't know about this. Now I you know I'm it? not you quite the punter it? that you are, but I'm just. I would like to express my concern. We'll have more concerns, no doubt, coming up after Johnny Mack with the news.
Kia ora and welcome to The Run Home this Friday the 3rd of March. You're with Kim and Beef thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Coming up on our Macca's menu, oh gosh, we're getting into all sorts ahead of a mammoth weekend of sport. Remember you can get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. We're talking rugby league very soon. Tawira Nico joins the show to go over that season opener last night and also look forward a bit to the one New Zealand Warriors later this evening. We've also got Katrina Rore, the former Silver Ferns captain on the show a little later on to look ahead to the ANZ Premiership season and what it all means for the Silver Ferns in this massive World Cup year. Jason Holland as well is on the show from Melbourne, courtesy one Stephen Donald. Uh, also over in Melbourne and we're live to Wellington a little later on to check in with our team, our broadcast team ahead of that Warriors season opener. We also have Beaver's Best, of course, because it is a Friday. We'll be doing this a little bit early tonight. Get those tips coming in. We've had a few already. Thank you very much for those. And that is all thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Now, Beave, here's another, here are another couple of texts, eh, for your... Uh, for yes. your perusal, for, your con- for you to contemplate. Uh, Beaver's Best, Canes v Rebels, first try scorer a Ford at $2.50. Canes v Rebels. I don't mind that at all. Two, what did you say? Two fifty. Two fifty. That's a nice, uh, nice uh, builder there. And here's one from Matt. Beaver's Best, I feel like Greenpeace are going to feel up in arms because there's going to be the biggest dolphin slaughter outside Japan this weekend. <laughs> Roosters 30 plus at $3.40. Looks almost a 30, sure thing. Cheers, Matt 30 and Blenheim. 30 plus. 30 plus at three forty. Now you could build something around that, Beef, as they you say in betting parlance. Uh, Kane's Rebels, who put that one in? That's, Brian. Uh, the first... Brian, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. First try scorer of Ford, that was from Brian. Uh, Grant in Melbourne, actually, just said, how much grins did you bring over, Beef? Uh, I actually poured a little bit over, actually, Grant, for, um, yeah, just to, to, to drop off to a few few people and uh, see if there's a, an appetite for it in, uh, in Melbourne. So stay tuned on that one, Grant. Oh, interesting. Look, Grant's doing your uh, promotional work for you. Ryan said, Champion. race nine, winger Tui tomorrow, Taimate Diva, top four, $3.60. Is that a gift, is it? Wingatui. Oh, I've heard there's something else running around Wingatui that we need to keep an eye on. I'll, uh, I'll dig a bit deeper mm. on that one too. You do a little bit of research. Uh, yes. And then one from Ted. Beaver's Best, Flemington, Race 7, Horse 15. Legato. Legato. You like Legato. Top four at $2.30. New Zealand affiliates first start in Australia. Won first five before it was unlucky in the Karaka Million. This will be the only time to get a price off her if she runs up to her ability, says Ted. What race is that one? Sorry. Uh, Flemington, race seven, yes. horse 15, Legato. I feel like, have we talked about Legato before? I think we might Potentially? Have. Sounds That's very, very familiar. Sounds very familiar to me. Uh, so those are some options that you're looking at just at the mo. Absolutely. Not bad, not bad. Run the eye over those. That's good. Um, now, when it comes to the Warriors tonight, Beef. Mm. thoughts on what happens if they don't win? No. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, for the sake of the club and the new coach and, and all of them, you just hope that they get the job done tonight. Um, everything's pointing towards that they will, but mm. uh, as I say, like you look at the Newcastle lineup and there's some fairly handy f- footballers in there, so you just hope that... Uh, 
they take that out of the equation and and get and get a good good start to a comp because no one wants to be searching for that mm-hmm. first win come week two, week three. You know, it'd be mm-hmm. good just for the club and for the vibe that's around the place at the moment. Get that first win and get the season on track. Yeah, under under the new regime as well, it would be great to see them getting off to a good start. Uh, the Wellington thing was always interesting for me, starting it off in Wellington. I hope they get a good crowd in because they do deserve it. And especially, I think this is this is the time of year where optimism is really at its peak. And so seeing a good crowd in there, which is not to say it'll drop off later in the year, it obviously is very performance related in that regard, but would be great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And Wellington's got... Uh some pretty pretty strong uh, rugby league roots uh, in the Wainui and the like. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine they'll get a bumper crowd there tonight. Yeah, I would say so too. And let's be honest, we are all pretty pumped here at the run home for the one New Zealand Warriors to kick off their campaign against Newcastle in Wellington tonight. SENZ, of course, does have the call there. Kempi and Sam are on from 7 o'clock kickoff at 8. We did, however, have a taste of the season to come with the competition opener last night. The Storm beating the Eels in Golden Point. Here's how it played out. 10 metres out. Munster and Meany, the two options. Grant goes himself for dummy half and reaches out to win the game for the Storm. This is the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. And delighted to have with us for our Maccas feature interview today, Tawira Nico, the former rugby league star, uh, is joining us. Tawira, thank you so very much for your time. I hope you managed to tune into the game last night because, boy, was it a cracker. Uh, certainly was. There's a bit of a ripper and uh, great to see my old team, the Melbourne Storm, uh, get a, uh, a victory in uh, Golden Point four minutes into 84 minutes the boys played last night. So, yeah, what a great way to start the season, uh, the Storm in power. In terms of that, and, um, you know, Craig Bellamy with the Storm team got a few young blokes in there, but they toughed it out and uh, managed to get a get a win against the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it, what Craig Bellamy had to say after the game as well. He said it felt like a real turning point after last year when the Storm were, quote, folding more than fighting. Was that kind of the sense you got as well? Yeah, I think, you know... Um, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with the Storm in uh, February earlier this year down in Geelong and, you know, that talked about, you know, the culture and the history and everything like that and uh, what they've been through. And, you know, losing basically a whole forward pack and coming on with a whole lot of young blokes this year, you know, I think Craig really instilled into them that, um, you know, they've got to earn that right. And uh, we saw that last night. You know, the defence was outstanding. Um, You know, Parramatta should have iced that game. They had plenty of opportunities last night to win the game, but... You know, the Storm were relentless in defence. Their speed of the line was fantastic. And, you know, just a bit of grit. And and I think that's what Craig Bellamy was talking about, just that mm. hunger and that passion. So, yeah, it really came through last night. Well, when you talk about grit, I guess no one shows it more than Cameron Munster, off with that compound fracture, bone broke through the skin, comes back on the field to lead the side. What what does that do for a playing group when you see a guy of, of that stature in the game already... Uh, being injured in that way, coming back on and, and pushing through that? Yeah, well, it just lifts the whole team. You know, Munster, uh, for the last you know three or four years, has you know been probably at the top of his game, but he's gone to a new leadership role now. I think that's, you know, what makes players. You get to a certain uh, time in your career, and, you know, Munster played last year for the Australians, played state of origin, but, you know, in a true leadership, and it sort of motivates and lifts the rest of the players. So, 
Now, for most players with a dislocated compound fracture, geez, that's pretty painful. But I did see his finger was strapped to the other finger when he taped it up. So I, I think it just gives a lot of confidence to the other guys. And, and with Munster leading from the front, I think he came back on, did a bit of a dummy down the short side, dummy to big uh, Nelson and Stoffer Solomona. Mm. And uh, got the ball on the outside, and then uh, young Tony Mapea scored in the in the corner. So, you know, just a massive boost for the uh, Melbourne Storm, uh, having the quality and the calibre of a player like Cameron Munster, uh, who's mentally tough to come back out on the field and, and play for another 40 minutes. Now, obviously, both these teams have been living in the top four of the last couple of years, mate. From what you saw last night, nothing to uh, suggest that both of them won't be there. On obviously a long way out, but uh, both of them won't be there come the end of this one? Yeah, it's a, you know, first, first game's always a bit scratchy, you know, the, even the first two or three rounds, you know, you're getting your combinations, people working together, um, there's a, quite a few new guys, great to see um, Will Warbrick in there last night, you know, the former mm. Sevens uh, yeah. uh, superstar playing for the Melbourne Storm, and I thought he played a fantastic game, but you know, I think there's a long way to go in the season yet, um, and a lot of the teams have had a bit of personnel changes, and you know, I think the Warriors tonight, uh, when they play in Wellington, they've got five or six deputants too. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit scratchy and, and a little bit uh, clunky at times. But as the season gets on, they'll start to build those combinations. So, you know, I definitely think that the Storm will be up there. They've been up there for the last, you know, forever. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's going to be some real good competition. Penrith are the team to beat, obviously. And we see them play tonight against the Broncos. So, you know, that'll be a good indicator. But... Uh, yeah, they're all thereabouts. Parramatta, you know, grand finalists with Penrith last year. Uh, I think Mitchell Moses, he looked like he put on about five or six kilos. He looks pretty uh, chunky, you know, as a five eight. And him and Dylan Brown with that combination, I think they'll be, you know, one of the um, one of the best uh, halves pairings going around. So yeah, definitely think they'll be in that probably their top eight. Uh, whether that's yep. a four, yeah, it's going to be a tough competition. Now, you touched on the Warriors. Obviously, they, they kick it off tonight, and uh, there's some real positivity around at the moment and uh, everything that's come new to the club. What are your thoughts at the moment as far as where the Warriors are at? And obviously, again, we haven't seen them play a proper game this year, but uh, reason to have a bit of hope? Oh, definitely. I, I think, you know, uh, with a new coach, uh, they've rebranded the Warriors. They've done a lot of stuff around their culture and everything else. And, you know, being 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 home this time, it's been three years since they've been home, and you know, going down to Wellington and going out to the, you know, they played in Christchurch in a trial match against the Storm the, two weeks ago. So, you know, I think just getting back to New Zealand, getting the feel of the Kiwi game, oh, yeah, I'm very optimistic about, you know, the new coaching staff, uh, the players they've got on board. You know, it's going to be a great game tonight uh, down in Wellington. I hope everyone gets along and supports it because uh, you don't get to see the NRL come to town very often in Wellington. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really great opportunity. Sean Johnson to Mighty Martin but also uh, some of the young players that have forced their way into the Warriors uh, with their pre-season training. So, uh, like I said before, you know, might be a little bit clunky, but, you know, we saw the game against the Tigers a couple of weeks ago where they played really, really well. The Storm, you know, they competed with the Storm uh, in their last trial match for 40 minutes. So, you know, they've just got to up that intensity and get used to playing at that level. I definitely think there's some optimistic view and. This year could be the Warriors' year. I'm very positive about that. Tawira, stop it. Stop it. Uh, if it is to be their year, though, who for you really has to stand up in this Warriors' side? Uh, I think if you look at the good teams over the years and you look at the spine, you know, it's the, the halves uh, and, and the fullback and the hooker. Those are the main players. Yep, you've got to have some go forward at the front, but it's... Uh, 
it's the likes of a uh, Nathan Cleary that can drive a team around the park. They really push the forwards where they need to go to. So, you know, definitely your halves combination. I think Sean Johnson, you know, he's been criticised a lot over the year, but I think he's over the years he's matured a lot more now. Hopefully Sean has got that confidence within himself to lead this team around the, the park. And I think with Tamaiti Martin partnering him in the halves, you know, they'll go pretty close because they're both outstanding players and very, very smart with the ball. But I think just got to be a lot more dominant. And um, if you look through the forwards, Adam Fanua Blake, I think he's one of the most underrated front rows in our game. But, you know, you've got to win the middle of the ruck. And we saw that last night with the Melbourne Storm and Parramatta. You know, both Polo and uh, Regan uh, Campbell-Gillard and also Nelson Asafa-Solomona, you've got to be big through the middle and you've got to have those quick play the balls. So, yeah, having some good direction from the halves, but also making sure you've got some good go forward and people controlling the middle of the ruck. And as far as the rest of the opening round of the NRL goes, is there any matchup in particular that you're looking forward to, Tawita? Oh, I'd love to see the Panthers and the Broncos. There's been a lot of talk over the over the um, off season about you know Panthers have lost a few players in terms of what that looks like. I'm also looking forward to the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how they're going and the players they've recruited, but you know, it's just great to have some rugby league back on telly now mm. and, you know, you can watch it. Uh, and uh, as one of my jobs as a Kiwi selector, I, that's my job. I get to sit down and watch all the rugby league all weekend. So when my wife comes along and says, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, technically, you, you've done a very, very sound job there. Hey, actually, and while we were on that front and we're on the Kiwis and you mentioned his name before, Will Warbrick, the former New Zealand Sevens player, uh, Probably struggled a bit in the initial transition over into league. Like you say, I think he's shown a lot more now. How have you rated, I guess, his transition into league? And do you feel like he's kind of got a good feel for the game now? Yeah, well, it's, it's really difficult, right? Um, you know, Simmons is, a, is a, a different game. It's mm. a different pace, it's a different intensity and fitness. But, um, you know, I got the opportunity to meet uh, Will when I was over there uh, in February and had a bit of a chat to him and, you don't realise how big he is. He's about six foot five and, and just really built and really strong and fast and athletic. So I think it's just him adjusting to the pace of the game and the intensity of the match. But I thought last night he had a great game. He did a lot of carries. He came off his wing, you know, and did a, did a lot, of, lot of work around the middle of the ruck and was sound in defence too. So, yeah, we've taken a little while to adjust, but when you get to play one of the best teams in the NRL in consistency, you've mm. got to be up at that standard and... I think he's, uh, you know, really adjusted to that. And I'm really looking forward to a big year from him. Um, he has him and Xavier Coates. He got injured last night. But mm. on the wings, those are two big, strong, uh, skillful players. That, uh, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of Will through the, through the season. Mm, yes, indeed. Tawira Nico there, thank you so much for your time. Look, I hope you have a great weekend of uh, very, very hard work ahead of you. <laughs> I certainly will be and uh, enjoying a few beers while I'm watching this. <laughs> you guys have a good weekend. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Tawada Nico there, former rugby league star with his thoughts. Gosh, honestly, talking to guys like that, it just makes me so fizzed up for the rest of the games this weekend, uh, particularly, of course, the one New Zealand Warriors tonight. Remember that call here on SENZ from 7 o'clock. We'll be right back.
5.25pm here on The Run Home. Keep those texts for Beaver's Best Cummings. Getting in some good ones here, Beaver, actually, because they're also reminding me of other sports that are starting off again this weekend uh, that I'm just continuing to get slightly overwhelmed by. This one in from Richie for Beaver's Best. Uh, race points finish Nick DeVries at $3.25. So that's F1. That's the Bahrain Grand Prix, which is on Monday. Uh, DeVries, the, one of the rookies, I think. Uh, so that will be... Goodness, points finish. Picking that, 325. Option, Beef for, for your yeah, one can. non-rugby option? Yeah, I mean, I did make a massive statement saying we're going to f- stick to what we know, but this is from a listener, and so they know it. Mm. So therefore, it doesn't contradict um, on your stance. Uh, I like <laughs> that, actually. Uh, Troy has had Star Beaver's best with India to roll the Aussies for less than 68 to win the test. $8.10 <laughs> head-to-head yeah, currently. Yes. How good would that be on so many fronts? Well, let me tell you. Oh. So they got uh, Usman Khawaja out second ball. This would be, if India was to win, it would be the lowest target ever successfully defended in test history. The Aussies... The game DRS at the moment, I believe. Is that... You oh, you right might now? have. I haven't got it on a screen at the moment. I can see it for another TV. It, <laughs> at the moment, I've, 10. I've got the Aussies at 10 for 1 at the moment. Yes, they've got, they got a DRS at the moment. Oh, goodness. So, so still need 66 runs on a pitch that, uh, to put it lightly, has not offered many runs. Well, it's because they're playing indoor. That's why the pitch has been so problematic, uh, Kim, of course. Was, was, that, um, an, was that a dad joke, Beef? What's that? Was was it? An no, they're playing indoor. It no, was I know they're playing joke. at indoor. No, but... I, can, I can explain, Kim. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so when the Black Caps played um, their test match or their ODI <laughs> in indoor uh, a few <laughs> few weeks ago last month, um, Kirsten Beeve thought that it was indoors, um, in indoor because of the bad weather in <laughs> India. <laughs> Yeah, I really <laughs> needed a dum to that. I think, but um, dad joke. I was try. I was trying to get the indoors reference, and I was thinking, has it been raining? No. Um, okay, great, great, good to know. Good and to it, catch up on the way, inside jokes. By the way, following on the DRS indoor uh, review, uh, not out. Uh, oh. So they remain ten for one. That was on Labusharkney. Oh, uh, from Ashwin. That's uh, uh, that's Labushane if you're Australian. I think. Yeah, but it's, and Ash uh, win if you're uh, anywhere in the world in Spain. Love a scuffle if you're South African where Ash it comes from. <laughs> I think you just, you just gave it a bit more twang. Ash win. What? Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, he's the number one test bowler in the world at the minute. Well, <laughs> you would be too if you had pitches like he's getting dished up oh. there at the moment. Come on now. No. Uh, if those sort of pitches are anything to go by, Nathan Lyon is actually the best bowler in the world, I think you'll yes. find currently. Anyway, uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that, actually, because there could be some very dramatic swings in this test. I mean, not that anything will top the drama, obviously, of the New Zealand-England one, I don't think. But, you know, it could get pretty spicy there. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, if they defend 60 or they'll go very close to topping <laughs> the drama of the England-New Zealand one. I'll give oh, you don't give me that. Don't give me that. Uh, now, another one from Ben. Tomorrow at Wingatui, race seven, Betty Spaghetti. 13s oh, like into name. 9s. Top four money is nice. Thirteens into nines. I take that. That's a horse. 
no, Betty Spaghetti will be the horse. Thirteens uh, into nines means it started at thirteen. It's now paying nines. Ah, uh, okay. See, I'm getting educated. That's good. You think you think indoor is indoors, and I think thirteens into nines is a horse name, and we're going very well. Uh, you're on the run home tonight. <laughs> you tell me your geography is that deep that you knew where indoor was. Well, yeah, because they play cricket there, only in that sense. Hey, I think, oh, no, did India just get a wicket or no, are we a on a replay? replay? Never mind. No. Oh, well, um, and another one for you, Beav. Uh, Beav, yes. if you need a logistics company in Melbourne, let me know, bro. I have my own logistics company from Grant. Grant, um, 100%. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk off here. I like <laughs> it. Uh, one last one for you before we get to the news. Beaver, race six at Randwick, group two challenge stakes, Eduardo paying around $5. That's from Mark and Hawke's Bay. Just writing this down, actually. I like that. Well, you're in with a shout, Mark. Good stuff. Let's go to Johnny Mack with the news. For Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years, it's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. Zine, colourful sporting moment, possibly be anything else other than the Black Caps winning that just intoxicating test match. Just the second time a team has won a test by one run in history. The other, uh, the addition to that, of course, it meant that they levelled the series. So their streak of unbeaten test series at home remains intact. But my goodness, that drama will live with everyone, I think, who witnessed it for a long, long time to go. Here's to the Black Caps. The bowlers certainly deserved their uh, limo and booze up Mount Vic afterwards, no doubt. Neil Wagner in particular, he, of course, with the last wicket and with a brave performance as well after getting smashed all around the park, as Jacob will well remember, at Bay Oval in the first test. What a time indeed, and that is why that is your Razine colourful sporting moment thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. You're on the run home with Kim and Beeve. It's 5.39pm and we are very excited because we're hoping uh, very shortly to get on the phone New Zealand sprinter Zoe Hobbs, who earlier today broke her own Oceania 100 metre record. She has actually gone better in the final. Now, unfortunately, the the Asiders are the heavy wind assist, which means it will not actually count as a record, but nevertheless, she's run 10.8. Eight nine seconds in the 100 metre sprint final at the National Champs. Now that is I believe the first time a New Zealand woman has gone under the 11 second mark. So even though it won't be considered uh, the record, that is just astonishing. Can't wait to be talking to her because what an achievement from Zoe Hobbs who is just looking in such ominous form, Beef. 
Yeah, absolutely. And she just keeps getting better and better, which for the athlete herself, it'd be quite cool to talk about how, how that feels, knowing that she is literally, every time we hear from Zoe in the news, it's around some new PB or record that we're breaking at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is just wonderful, wonderful news this afternoon. And I think we had a feeling, didn't we, when we were talking to Sarah Cowley-Ross last week, that there might be some something special come out of these national champs. I'm not sure if we expected it so early on in the piece, but uh, what a way to celebrate. And I'm delighted to say that Zoe uh, is on the line with us now. Zoe, uh, the biggest of congratulations. Uh, not to be too cliche here, but how are you feeling after your day's effort? I'm still processing what's just happened to be honest um yeah I couldn't be more happy with that result and to be honest just across the line in one piece I've just come back from an injury and to have run that it's it's kind of surreal so what were what were your expectations going into this then like you said you know it's your first competition of the season you're coming back from injury when you set yourself a target, was it ever to break your own Oceania record and then run under 11 seconds? No, I actually came into this weekend just wanting to enjoy myself and um, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, you've got uh, the national champs as a, as a season opener. Like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, like, surprisingly, I was actually the most chilled I'd ever been coming into a national champs. And I think um, I, I kind of just wanted to remove any form of pressure because it was that season opener and my main goal was just to get across the line in one piece and healthy and um, any performance that came on top of that was a bonus. Uh, the training for the last three weeks has been going really well and so I knew there was something, I was thinking of doing something but I also didn't want to put pressure on that and I just wanted to go out and slow and run my race and I managed to do that. So it must be a pretty cool feeling at the moment, though. We sort of talked just before we got here, but uh, although you obviously are putting in the hard work daily and it probably doesn't feel like it at the moment, sort of it sounds like there's records being broken or there's new PBs coming out of you sort of every other week at the moment. Uh, it must be quite a cool feeling at the moment to be at that stage of your career where you're just progressing from strength to strength. Yeah, it is. A, it's a really cool feeling, and I think it's reassuring as well coming back from an injury, like I say, and a bit of an interrupted period to still be capable of doing that. And it just, I think it also just shows the strength in the team behind me because they've managed to get me to the line today in that shape, and um, that's the brains behind the programming and, and getting me back to being healthy, so all credit to them. It also, Zoe, your time this morning gave you an automatic entry standard time for the World Athletics Champs. That must feel like a nice weight off your shoulders as well? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was quite nerve-wracking in that sense, opening the domestic season quite late. Um, and so, yeah, having now done that auto-qualifying time, um, it is definitely a weight off my shoulders. And now I can just focus on um, the tail end of the season, which is leading into, into Budapest. And when it comes to, I guess, your own mentality around this, like obviously you're you're breaking your own records. You've run, even with the wind assist, under 11 seconds, which I, I was just saying I think is the first time for a New Zealand woman ever. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you just feel like at this stage you are getting better and better and better? Is there is there more to come? I hope so. I think... You know, opening my season with that, um, obviously there was, like you say, it, it was an illegal wind. So there was, unfortunately, a little bit too much wind behind me. But um, as a season opener, to open with that, I think there are a few more technical things to work on. And um, I've only had three weeks of un- uninterrupted training 
unmodified training mm. leading into the national champ. So I think if I get a bit more of a solid um, lock under me with proper running and not being on a bike or not being in the pool, then hopefully we can search for a little bit more. Um, and excuse my ignorance, what was the injury you had? Um, it was hamstring, unfortunately, but yeah. So how has that kind of affected you in terms of, of working through that and having to come back from that? Because, like you say, unfortunate, the, the hammy for a sprinter is uh, not ideal. No, it's not ideal. It was okay. Um, to be honest, I didn't want to rush to come back. I could have probably run last weekend. Um, there was a race in Melbourne and there was also Christchurch, but there were a few things that I wanted to tick off before I went there and I didn't, like, I, I've got until Budapest to compete and that's the long-term goal and even um, Paris next year. So I, there was no reason to rush back and I just wanted to make sure that I'd tick those boxes and 110% sure that I was um, in a healthy state to be able to show up to a race and not have any anything holding me back. And so, yeah, we, yeah, unfortunately there was a little bit of an interruption with, the rehab but I think um, that also teaches you something and I think there is silver lining and things like that happening because you do learn uh, from the mistakes and like for me I was able to look back and be like okay we'll change this next time and and so yeah I think you can use it as a lesson as well. So obviously your entire sort of uh, training and life is based around doing times and, and beating times but for qualification but as I guess something like a result like today as you say, first up, uh, you've already get the world champ sort of qualification ticked off. Does that sort of take some weight off the uh, the shoulders as far as knowing that the times aren't going to be an issue as long as you're fit and you're healthy and you, and you keep progressing like you are? Yeah, I think um, I've always been of the belief that if you're having fun and you're healthy, those are, those are the two most important things. And I think if you're having fun, then you're training well, and that usually translates into um, you competing well. So... I just want to keep keep that mentality and keep looking over, and yeah, pretty simple for me. And just before I let you go, Zoe, so we've seen you now break your own Oceania record and run the final like you did tonight. Uh, last week we saw Rosie Elliott break the national record in the two hundred metres. Uh, Tian's going well in the men's as well. What what is it with the sprinting group at the moment? Oh, everyone's just lifting everyone. I think. Um, yeah, everyone's just gone from, I think everyone's just elevated everyone, to be honest. And when you've got good competition, that, that grows everyone. Uh, and we have always had depth, and so that depth has just grown even more. And we see in the juniors now as well, there's a lot of depth coming through there. Um, it's exciting because, like, we've never, New Zealand's never been known as a sprinting nation. But, yeah, it is exciting to see all the, all of the depth there coming through. It is indeed. Well, exciting for us to watch. Uh, Zoe Hobbs there, only an hour after she finished that final down at Nationals as well. Congratulations again. Just a, a stunning, stunning effort. So hopefully you get a good uh, rest up now, but we'll be uh, watching with interest in world champs and the like later on this year. Sensational effort from you. Congrats. It is 5.52pm here on the run home with Kim and Beave. Thank you for the texts that are still coming in for Beaver's Best. Another couple here quickly for you, Beave. Andre, hi, Kim and Beaver. Get on the Warriors, 13 plus, uh, $3.25. It's our year and we still have a mathematical chance. Don't we love that? Uh, that's from Andre and Simon. Beaver's Best to have a tasty power play. Cowboys game, Tomalolo or Tarpenny, anytime try scorer at four bucks. It's not bad, two of the absolute superstars 
in that fixture. Uh, both will be playing lock forward, I'd imagine, or in, certainly in the middle, both from Tapani on the back of a great year last year. So, no, I like that. Mm, mm, and thanks. even the Warriors 13-plus from Andre. Uh, mathematically, we're right in the hunt at the moment. <laughs> mathematically, no well, yeah, the only ones really mathematically ahead of us, I suppose, are, are Melbourne at the moment. Uh, Still seven spots in the top eight, which we're as good a chance as any. <laughs> oh, changing pace a little bit now because we are delighted uh, to be joined by New Zealand's three-time motocross world champion, Courtney Duncan, about to head away next week to Europe for the next season. Uh, won the World Championship 2019, 2020, 2021. Bit of a blip last year, though. Courtney, how are you feeling coming into this new season? Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I think, like you say, last year was a little bit of a hurdle in the um, usual, I guess, with that injury. So I'm back on the road and hopefully have another good year this year. Does it renew your motivation a bit, kind of having, you know, it's your first off-season off in a while that you haven't been the defending champion? Yeah, for sure. I guess, yeah, like you say, that is true. And um, I think a little bit extra motivation, especially how last year ended. And mm. um, with the injury, I definitely want to kind of redeem myself this year. And uh, I think just a lot of things went wrong last year that made me a little bit wiser. So um, preparing a little bit different this year. So hopefully that all plans out. Can you tell us what that, what that different looks like, Courtney? Is it uh, out of the ordinary or just uh, getting the body right back from those injuries? Yeah, no, a little bit out of the ordinary. I think I kind of, you know, won in 2019 and then just kind of got stuck in, you know, a rut where I just kind of did the same thing over and kind of relied a little bit more on my talent. And um, this year I've kind of looked in depth a little bit more and want to do a bit more specific training in terms of conditions. So um, I spent quite a bit of time in Auckland and, um, yeah, rode a lot of sand, which is a big weakness of mine, and then also tried to do a bit more pre-season racing and um, just ride with, yeah, the fast guys and, and tougher conditions, really. So hopefully, um, yeah, it plans out. You mentioned there, Courtney, the riding in sand. We actually caught up uh, in, in a different capacity, but with my one news hat on uh, out uh, at the sand track, out yeah. at the sand track in Auckland earlier <laughs> in the week. Um, and Courtney, can you just talk a bit about, I guess, how different it is riding in sand compared to that hard-packed track that you normally would? Yeah, it's quite a lot different. Um, for most people, uh, probably don't understand, but like you go from hard-packed track, which uh, is different technique, sometimes a little bit different bike setup. And um, for me, I grew up on that, so I'm used to those conditions. I feel like I'm really confident in them and can attack. And then the sand's a lot looser soil, obviously. And then the gets just really steep and uh, heavy, and the bike handles a bit different. And um, yeah, so just trying to get that confidence built up and get used to those sorts of conditions instead of kind of going in, you know, not with that preparation straight to the race. Obviously, talking about how much preparation you've done this time round, how much harder is it year on year, the, the competition getting uh, up up north when you head up for the big events? Yeah, no, it, it is getting tougher and tougher. I think it's just, you know, sport is getting more competitive and, and people are just getting better. And um, especially the younger ones coming through, they're hungry to win championships and there's a lot of talent and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's definitely keeping me on my toes and, 
I guess, enforcing me to look for ways to be a bit better and keep progressing forward. So um, I guess you could say when I first started, there was probably three of us that could potentially win races and win championships. And now, you know, you look at the starting grid and there could be, you know, up to 10 that are capable of winning races. So, um, yeah, it's great for the sport. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. I love a challenge. So it's just getting tougher as I get older, I guess. Now, your first stop, and, and to explain to people who, who don't understand how the Motocross World Championship works, basically it's six rounds, right, Grand Prix sort of style, and your first stop is mm-hmm. in Sardinia, just off the coast of Italy. What are you expecting there? Yeah, uh, so the first stop, like you say, is in Sardinia. So um, it's it's pretty much like out racing in a tussock, literally on the beach, so that hence why I'm being training in the sand. Uh, and, yeah, that's the first stop, and... We've got six World Cups throughout Europe. Uh, four of them will be hard pack and two of them will be sand. So, yeah, it's exciting. I've been to probably half the tracks and, you know, two or three of them are probably new circuits on the calendar, which is always exciting as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And now just before we let you go, you are nothing if not, you know, Dunedin proud or pride of Palmerston, I think we actually called you. <laughs> uh, technically, your beloved Highlanders are up against the Crusaders yep. tonight. Thoughts on how they're going to go? They're going to redeem themselves from last week's yes. performance and <laughs> they're going to put the Crusaders at ease. They're going to um, yeah, definitely go up on them. But no, I guess um, be supporting them tonight for sure. I have no doubt. All the best. When do you head off to Europe? <laughs> uh, I head off on Wednesday. All right, well, we will be uh, wishing you all of the best of luck in the world as you get out there. Get back out there and regain your crown. Thank you so much for your time. Courtney Duncan there, New Zealand's three-time motocross world champ. She is absolutely brilliant, isn't she, Beeve? Honestly, and she's she is such a talent and such a hard worker. When I was hanging out with her uh, la, earlier in the week, it's actually just fascinating what those riders kind of go through and the training that they do in a sport that you don't necessarily expect. So, yeah, yeah she's she works very, very hard at what she does. Um, and like she says, it's, it's a sport that's kind of growing a bit. They're getting more and more talented, skilled young riders coming in. So she does have to work hard to stay at the top of her game. Coming up in the next hour, let's talk some nitty, shall we? Because the ANZ Premiership, is about to start and we will also be calling our Beaver's best winner. So Beaver will have that at the ready. If you've got any last tips, get them in now. Consider this your last warning, folks. Time now for Johnny Mac with the news.
Kia ora and welcome to the run home on SCNZ with Kim and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone Stability meets the freedom to move. We've got a cracking last hour of the show coming up for you on our Macca's menu. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. We are talking all things netball with former Silver Ferns captain Katrina Rore. Beef's tracked down Jason Holland as well uh, to talk the super round over in Melbourne. We're heading to Wellington for an update from our commentary team ahead of the Warriors season opener and of course we have our Beavers best. That's thanks to Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door and a message in here B from Jim. Uh, Jim good luck Courtney go get it done. This is Courtney Duncan a three time motocross world champ we were speaking to just before ahead of her new season coming up later this month. Crusaders are going to be better with Sam Whitelock back but it's going to be another southern derby where anything could happen. Oh Jim I hope you're right. Well, I hope he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's not right there. Oh, for reasons that are about to be um, revealed when we get to the Beaver's Best. But uh, the Southern Derby will be a part of uh, Beaver's Best this week, uh, let me assure you uh, there, Kim. Well, I, I think it might be time. I warned you it was early, and I think okay. it actually might be time, Beav. Oh, all right, I'm getting <laughs> now, excited. I'm doing a little excited well, dance in the studio. It's time to get excited. Um, do we know if we've got Sid Winner on the line? So we, we have got Mark there from Christchurch. How are you, mate? Yeah, hi, Bev. How's it going? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Now, your tip was head-to-head. The force yeah. to beat the... Who was the force beating? I've just uh, had a mind blank. They were beating yeah. the Reds. They were beating the Reds. Um, and I like it. You uh, you saw enough last week, or saw a lack of stuff from the Reds that uh, lent you towards the force. Yeah, well, they were both pretty miserable, but um, I think the force can do it. Eh? <laughs> the less the less miserable uh, by uh, by knockout there. <laughs> so no, that's great, mate. So we've got we've got okay. your uh, we've got your force in there at two ninety, which is nice, juicy odds. It sets us up well. Uh, we then go to the Dolphins at uh, plus 17 and a half. I think opening game at home, surely there's enough emotions to to get through the boys to at least keep them close to the uh, the Roosters. Reasonable, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of, now, now, being from Christchurch, I hope you're happy with my next one, but I'm going to give the Brumbies a 12 and a half points head start against... The Blues. Mm, okay. Ooh. Yes. Not, not convinced by that one? You think the Blues were pretty on this last week? Yeah, I think they were pretty good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to flip it out for something? No, 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 no. I'll go no. with that. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> uh, I've, so, I've had enough of betting and betting and changing my mind. You know what happens there. <laughs> And to keep uh, you well and truly interested in the Southern Derby tonight, which I'm sure you were going to be anyway, I have yeah. got your Crusaders to cover the point start of 19. What do you reckon? Are they going to bounce back? Piece of cake, mate. Piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, Mark. Well, let's hope. And I know I say this every week, but let's ring you on Monday and we're celebrating a another well, Beaver's no, Best no, coming in. Yeah. That sounds great, mate. Thanks for that. Cool.
No, I appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. So much to watch. And uh, now we've got a little bit of interest from Woe to Go. And it starts in not much more than an hour or so here in Melbourne, where we are now all in on the Crusaders uh, bouncing back. Never I like thought I'd say those Mark. words. Never thought I'd say those words. <laughs> oh, congratulations, Mark. It's sounding good to me, babe, for what it's worth. Well, thank you. And I know my opinion really does, does deep carry, down somewhere matter to you. Yeah, it carries some weight, no uh, doubt about it. Um, I don't know. If I, I told, um, obviously told Kirsty yesterday, funny thing here in the Melbourne studios is I'm sitting right next to, they have a continuous trackside um, that you can obviously listen to on the uh, ah. on the app. And it's just continuously uh guy next door to me here just uh, talking all through all the races, tips, just constant tips, tips, tips. And I couldn't help but look through there. And there's, there's been a couple of $12 shots come in. And he has, he has absolutely raised the roof of his said studio <laughs> through the glass. We're not on a relationship yet where, look, I jokingly walked past them yesterday and said, hey, how you going, guys? Feel free to throw out any tips my way. Uh, none of those have come my way. Um, and when I saw them yahooing the entire the entire Bops team that uh, was here at uh, Melbourne, making sure everyone stays on air. There was obviously a lot of people in on that bet. And mm. uh, obviously the, uh, the Johnny Come Lately from New Zealand uh, has been excluded uh, from uh, receiving the tips. Surely because, not. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a bit of segregation here because if there's tips to be getting given out, uh, I'd like to throw them my way. Maybe I'll walk past and say, hey, mate, get on that 12 and a half points on the brothers. <laughs> and well, see, what he, see what he throws back at me. You'd think they'd uh, treat the guest of honour uh, better, really, wouldn't, wouldn't you? You would think, Jacob. However, the poor old guest of honour, poor Beeve over in mm. Melbourne, just, mm. you know, suffering you. by himself, not getting the tips. Thank you. Uh, Carrie, Thank you. I've, got, I've got three things to say to you, Beeve, actually. One, Carrie says, sorry, guys, but Beaver's best is a no-go this weekend, so he doesn't have the same faith in you that I Why? do. Uh, no, no explanation given. No just you know, just a naysayer there. Okay. Uh, oh, look, you naysayers. <laughs> you naysayers when it comes to Peter's best. Two. I won't have it. Two. Goodness yes. gracious! Hard to get a word in here. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to pre- my world. Predictions of <laughs> predictions of potential drama in the Aussie India Test not playing out. No, uh, they've only lost the sickening. one wicket. Twelve runs short now, so it looks like yeah. they will romp home. Uh, and three, courtesy of Craig, a question for you, babe. Yes, come at me. What kind of sunglasses does Ned Flanders wear? Nope, nope, can't help you there. Oakley Dogleys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with Katrina Rode right after this. Well, we've been talking all show about what a massive weekend of sport is coming up, and that does also include the start of the new ANZ Premiership season. Even more important, of course, given that it will effectively be a trial period for the Netball World Cup team to be selected for the World Cup in South Africa later this year. So it all starts tomorrow with the Mystics up against the Steel. Then on Sunday, the Pulse play the Magic and the Stars play the Tactics. Here to talk us all through it is former Silver Ferns captain Katrina Rore. Katrina, thank you so very much for your time as ever. What are you most excited for about this upcoming season? I think it's just starting, having it on the TV. I feel like... I haven't seen proper, um, obviously we've had the series and that, but I feel like ANZ Premiership was so long ago, so I'm pretty excited just to see it, and there's been such a big buzz around female sport uh, recently, so it'll be nice for netball to jump in there as well. 
Yeah, it must be interesting, actually. I, I was planning to ask you a little bit later in the piece, but since you've touched on that, the buzz around women's sport, uh, there were some numbers put out there by New Zealand Rugby yesterday around increased participation levels uh, for women in rugby in New Zealand, as an example. Do you think there's a bit of heat on netball at the moment to be making sure they've got a good product on tally to make sure that they are continuing to, to boost the sport and keep their participation levels up with women in this country? 100%. I think the huge buzz around the women, um, the Rugby Women's World Cup being um, here and winning and doing it so emphatically and with, um, the Black students being such amazing uh, role models for mm-hmm. young women coming through. Uh, I think they did such a great job that netball definitely will be wondering what they have to do next to, um, I don't know, suppose get their participation levels up and not let too many... Uh, women leave them for rugby. So it's a it's great in-house competition for females, but it has to be good in the wider, you know, thinking about it wider of just females in sport in general. Because mm, it's quite an interesting discussion point probably, right, around wanting to support women across all sports, but also wanting to make sure your own sport uh, still has that solid base that it's enjoyed for a long, long time now. Oh, exactly. I Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Um, for me now being retired, I love all women's sport on the television, so I now have no bias whatsoever. But <laughs> as, a, as a netball player, you're right, though. You still want to make sure we have enough players coming through, not really top-level players coming through, lots of competition. So, you know, for the high-level honours, there's always someone nipping at your heels, which means it's only going to make us um, as New Zealanders better um, when we play against other competition all around the world. So, yeah, it, it is a tough one. Um, but, yeah, watch this space. I think we'll probably know about it in the next few years and see what's happening. Yeah, very much so. I do agree. Well, on this ANZ Premiership then, you know, you talk about emerging talent, up-and-coming players. Who are the youngsters, the potential bolters, dare I say it, that we should be keeping an eye out for uh, in this competition this year? It's so, oh, yeah, I find it so tough to um, have a look as players. Uh, I feel like younger players have kind of been in and out of the source in mm. um, over the last potentially two years or so, like with the, like Maddie Gordon's, um, Mila, uh, Kimmy Poy, you know, all those deals are, are coming through that. But then sometimes you feel that they have been around for a while. Um, Kate Heaven and her sister, Georgia, the twin sister, mm. I think she is a, another outstanding player, obviously great genes. <laughs> um, there's obviously a mum being a silver fern and hard workers too. I think you have to look at those those players who are very hardworking, um, which Noel's love, um, fit. You're going to give everything, you're going to commit to the program, you're going to be, um, you know, pure and do what she wants. So it's um, yeah, it's it's a real tough one. I feel this year to see who's going to actually make it because I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a clue to be fair who's going to be those those last four in the team, um, especially around that mid court. There seems to be so much competition there. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Knowles there, of course, Silverfern's coach Dame Nolene Totowa. We will come to that in just a second. But I also wanted to to check your gauge here when we talk, you know, preseason favourites and things now. Not for the first time, there are some mutterings around the tactics. We've picked up a lot of really good players, the likes of Alia Dunn, who you know very well. Uh, And and I would say from the netball chat that I've been having with people, there are a few, as I say, mutterings going on there. Now, I've been stung by this before, personally, publicly calling them my preseason favourites and then uh, the tactics going on to disappoint me. But do you think it's real this time? Is the hype around them real? Maybe if you don't say anything, they might be all right. So, it's too late. Yeah, well, you've done it again. Um, I think adding Aaliyah to their lineup is huge. She is an outstanding player who has high percentage, can get the ball from anywhere. 
she can stand and hold, but she can also move, and she's mm. got great ball skills. Her background is basketball, which she loves playing as well, um, which keeps her tough. Um, yeah, like I said, her ball skills are outstanding. Um, I think that's only going to definitely help the tactics, especially with um, Tapai there as well, who is another tall player who has a basketball background and can feed too. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to really bolster them. And, I yeah, they're definitely my fi- finals pick. Mm. Um, and if not, then I apologise too, and I hope I haven't jinxed them. <laughs> um, but, like, the Mystics are always going to be tough there with, mm. with Grace, but um, they have a great defensive end as well. But, again, you should never count the pulse out. But look what they do. When a vet's their coach, mm. no matter who they've got in their team, they always seem to come through and um, can do anything that they put their mind to. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, and I feel like we've, you know, talked a bit about the youngsters, but, you know, you bring up the Mystics and things, and I think about Sulu Fitzpatrick, who last year, really, swan song year, what can we expect from some of those veteran players who are going into this, potentially knowing, even if they haven't set it out right, but knowing themselves that this is the last time they are likely to play ANZ Premiership, to have a crack at the Silver Ferns, to go to a World Cup? Yeah, it's... It's huge, and it will, it will play on, for example, Silla. It will definitely play on her mind, and she'll want to go out bang. She is, I was in a team with Silla for a while, and she is one of those teammates that you absolutely love to have on your team, and you hate to play against her. <laughs> um, she'll do anything for a team, great leader, and um, will get the ball whenever you need her to, and an experienced kid that um, is invaluable to any team. Uh, and, yeah, exactly, she'll definitely want to make the Thorsons going into um, her last year, World Cup, and how great would that be to go out um, like that? Mm. But the sport is sport, and it's a brutal, um, it's a brutal game. And she's got a lot of defenders up against her. But I would never count her out. I would always have her in my team, no matter what. Yeah, the strength uh, I think across the teams in the defensive circle is pretty notable this year. When it comes to the mental side of things, Katrina, you've obviously, you know, you've you've been through it all, really. And when it comes to a World Cup year, how does that spectre? of the World Cup play on your mind and, and affect you as a player going into this uh, this tournament? Yeah, it's a, you like to say it doesn't, but it definitely <laughs> does. There's no doubt about it. Um, the last World Cup, I, I pushed it from my mind and I felt like I had one of my best seasons. Mm. But then when it is at the forefront of your mind, it does play on um, your performance. And if you have a bad game, it puts pressure on you the next week to make sure you have a good performance. And if that keeps building and you put that much pressure on yourself, it's so hard to get out of that rut and make sure you perform to um, I know the best of your ability and the, the way everyone knows how you can play. So, yeah, that extra pressure, I think older players probably feel that pressure a little bit more, but mm. again, they're the ones that can deal with that pressure and they know how to get themselves out of it. Um, yeah, so it, it is a tough one. It's, oh gosh, World Cup year is always, always one of those times that you, yeah, you just want to be there so badly. Um, and what extras do you need to do to, to get there? And if your team's not winning, um, does that put extra pressure on you? Highly likely as well. Um, yeah, team sports, that's a, another tough one. Yeah, so brutal, isn't it? What will Dame Noling be looking for in the players that she's kind of keeping an eye on, particularly I think those fringe players, like you say, have been in and out of the Silver Ferns for the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a clue um, what goes through Noel's mind. I don't hate to even try and be the person to decipher anything that's going on in there. Um, but she seems to realise players who um, stick to what they do, you know, showing your own original um, talent that sets you apart from others 
and what you're going to bring, um, you know, your X factor and sticking to that and being being you on and off the court is um, potentially what I've found in the past for myself when I've got picked. Um, it's when you're trying to be something that you're not, when it doesn't work, is, is never going to um, probably get you there or trying to be like a different player. You have to do what you do. Um, and, yeah, but also she's going to love someone who's fit, um, agile, retains the ball, gets the ball, um, all the all the great things that you need as a netballer. She'll be looking at that as well. It must be somewhat surreal for you talking about another World Cup, not being involved in this one after the highs of 2019. Yeah, it seems like it was ages ago, but also not that long ago. I feel like it wasn't... I feel like these four years have just flown by, potentially because I've stuck a whole lot in my last four years. But, <laughs> yeah, um, you can say that again, Katrina. Yeah, it's um, also bizarre. This is my first pre-season that I'm actually not even doing anything, um, which seems weird because I feel like I've also been out of the game for such a long time. But it's only been my yeah my first pre-season mm. out. Um, but being on the sidelines and outside looking in has been um, exciting in that sense as well. I, I don't um, feel like I need to be there or want to be there. It's just nice seeing those um, players really putting their foot forward and training hard and, and wanting to be there for themselves. So social media is keeping me up to date as about as much as I know these days. Has it kind of been nice going through the summer or you know the lack of summer that New Zealand's had yeah. uh, and not having to think about the work that's going to have to be put in in pre-season? Totally. I honestly don't even know how we did it. <laughs> I, I went for a run about two weeks ago and it was only 20 minutes, and I I was dying. Like, it was so hard. And I was like, oh, gosh, I can't even remember how it was to train twice, three times a day, six days a week. It's just, um, I, yeah, again, I'm mind-boggling of how um, how much effort all those players, all those sports people put in um, week in, week out of having to do this just to um, make teams wanting to win, be competitive, do their job, but also having fun doing it. It's, um, yeah, it has been nice being on the sidelines and not having to worry about anything. Um, and oh gosh, yeah, like I said, I can't even imagine having to get up that often and train anymore. <laughs> the funny thing is, you say that, and you're not the only one who kind of keeps updated on social media. So I know for a fact that you're actually still quite fit and active. Um, and so hearing you say that just makes me go, oh no, oh no, if she thinks that. Imagine me. Anyway, um, when it comes to as well, you know, looking forward at this potential Silver Fern squad, you're looking at a World Cup year. From what you've seen in the last couple of years, and granted there's a bit of an allowance for things like COVID and, and all the rest of it uh, affecting things during the last cycle, but in your mind, is is there the talent pool to defend the title this year? I definitely think so. The talent pool is there. Knowles has the head and the ability to pull any team together um, and and help them win, as you saw back in 2018 to 2019, the, the changes that happened. And I think you've also seen the, even just from Com Games through, even through that week of Com Games or 10 days or mm. so, you could see the improvements of the team just in that, you know, those 10 days. And then coming through and having um, the series that they've had over in South Africa and against Aussie, you can, you can see that every game they go out there, they're learning something new about themselves, about the team, about the coach. The coaches are doing the same about them. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I, I think they are the team with the most to improve, um, mm. more potential than any other team going to the World Cup. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, whether they put that all together in time for the World Cup, but I think they definitely can. Mm. 
of the other teams, who in your mind is is looming as the most ominous opposition? You can't go you can't go past Australia mm. always. Um, if Jamaica come out like they did in the Com Games, they are going to be very difficult to beat. Um, Aussie have probably lost what Gretel Tipper and that's mm. their kingpin in the in the attacking end. So without her, they've definitely um, gone down, I suppose, a, a rung or two. But again, that's Aussie, and that's not um, you know too bad for them. Uh, so I think it's going to be uh, very close. I'm interested to see what England will bring out, just because those players seem to have been around for a very long time, and do they have another another World Cup in them? <laughs> I'm an oldie saying that about other players how bad is that so yeah it's, it's going to be very interesting I think New Zealand have really timed it well of bringing younger ones in to um, to give them experience enough to come to World Cup and, and take it like I think Kate Heffernan is probably the find of the last year or two she is actually outstanding is probably one of those once in a generational players who's going to be around a long time and could be that that um, I know player who's going to make the difference well, here's hoping, because I do feel like there has been a, a bit of angst, is that fair to say, around the Silver Ferns and what's been happening, some questions over some of Dame Nolene's selections last year and the like. Is it still a case for you of in Dame Knowles we trust? Oh, you have to. Her um, record speaks for itself. I do, uh, Yeah, I do get on my high horse a wee bit when you see social media and people aren't trusting in the process of Knowles. It's, she's not going to pick a team that she doesn't think is going to go ahead and do the job for her. Why would she do that? Why would she pick people that she doesn't think is going to do that or, and leave people behind that potentially would? Um, it's not in the coach's manner. Um, it's not in their makeup, right? They want to mm. win um, and they'll do anything to win. Um, so I think we just need to trust the process and know that she has a, um, a very experienced and knowledgeable coaching um, mind and, and let her be and let her do her thing. Mm. Well, no doubt we'll be seeing plenty of her at the ANZ Premiership Games in the upcoming season. I personally feel like I would flounder under the pressure of knowing her watchful eye was on me yeah, constantly same. during those games. Katrina, just can I say? Same. Same, 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 same. Even if I went to a game and saw her, I'd probably get nervous thinking if I was going to get picked or not. So <laughs> I feel that. Start feeling a bit self-conscious about how you're walking, making it seem if you're uh, fitting the beep test requirements or something like that. Um, I'm going, All of that. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot just before I let you go. Who is your uh, Who's your favourite for the season? Pulse. I'm just, my loyalty still, is still there and I can't help it. I have to just, yep. Black and yellow. Magic, I, I love them, but also Pulse are my, most of my team. Fair play too. Katrina Dordo there, the former Silver Ferns captain, talking to us all things netball. Thank you so very much for your time. Uh, have a wonderful evening. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. It is 6.34pm here on The Run Home. Kim and Beave with you. Beave over in Melbourne for Super Rugby's Super Round. Earlier, he caught up with Hurricanes head coach, Jason Holland. Well, we're very fortunate on the day of their game against the Rebels here in Melbourne Super Round to have head coach Jason Holland of the Hurricanes on the line with us now. Jason, how are we? Yeah, we're good, thanks. Uh, Settled into Melbourne and, and looking forward to tonight. You say you've obviously settled into Melbourne. Has it been quite a bit of a luxury getting a bit of a uh, old-fashioned Super Rugby tour to to start the competition, starting in Townsville and now staying in Australia and coming down to Melbourne? 
Yes, he's always he's always a bit of a you know, he's always pretty lucky to get these tours. Um, yeah, it was cool. We left on Thursday, and uh, she was a bit of a journey to get up to Townsville, but well worth it when we got up there with the with the sunshine and the and everything that Townsville offers in the North Queensland. So it was awesome up there, and um, yeah, good for the boys. You know, we get to take twenty seven plus all, plus a lot of our management away, and um, so you do a lot of hard work. But you know, it's it's good to be able to get together and hang out a little bit, and you know, and and get around the pools and, and have a beer at night too. So it's been good for the group, and um, obviously it helps a lot when you get a you get a victory and you know, against the Reds, and you can come down here in good form. So no, it's been. Been pretty pretty good getting down to Melbourne. We came down on Sunday, and uh, the the uh, weather is a little bit different. About at least ten degrees uh, colder, but a bit more like home. Were you able to were you able to factor some stuff into your pre-season planning, knowing that you had this on the horizon? Obviously, the All Blacks traditionally come in later in your in your pre-season preparation, but knowing that you were going to have the boys, the majority of the squad together for the best part of ten days uh, on the road. Yeah, I suppose when you ask that question, there's a couple of things that jump into my head. We sort of, obviously, when you see the draw, um, you think around, you know, ABs get 30 minutes pre-season and pre-season two, and you look at your squad and you think, well, how are we going to win the two games in Aussie? And and a big part of that was in our selection, thinking, right, well, especially up front, we we felt like we needed to go a 6-2 bench to make sure that, um, you know, we had quite a few All Blacks there, four All Blacks in our pack that we thought, mate, we'll get a good 40 minutes out of him. So, well, apart from odds, it ended up going 80, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, we planned to have a, have sort of a, a front row, especially that came off at, at half-time, and, and it worked really well with sort of the Franksies and the Colseys doing the hard work in the in the first half, and, and then the Suffos and Lowys and those sorts of boys coming off the bench to, to sort of enjoy themselves in the second half, I suppose. So, yeah, it was good, good to have that planning that we could really get a good plan around how we could win the game. Um, and we thought that that six-two bench was a massive part of that. Uh, I suppose the other thing that we had was in our new facility, um, there's, a, there's a, a pretty evil little room there with 40 watt bikes in it where you can um, you can enter, get the heat up to 38 degrees and, and the humidity up to sort of you know up to 90%. So we've spent every Friday of our pre-season a nice little finisher for the week in there. Um, you know, getting a workout in and in that sort of room with the on the watt bikes and sort of I suppose challenging the guys with some mental stuff while they're naked and under the in the heat. So I don't know whether it helped or not, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool to finish our preseason. We show that. Um, yeah, the coaches only sort of stayed in that room for two minutes and looked through the window after that. <laughs> well, I remember we used to uh, when we were studying South Africa, we used to have rubbish bags on uh, on our Friday session uh, to try and simulate the uh, South African heat. So. That, that room sounds a whole lot better than the uh, rubbish bags that we were running. Um, you mentioned your type five and uh, and the luxury of uh, bringing on your Amours and your uh, Toro Lomaxes. I guess luxury in general for Hurricanes of years gone past that you, you've got now is some real depth from that type five uh, stocks, haven't you? Yeah, look, it's... it's um... You're right, and it's probably there's real similar personnel. So just sort of getting a bit more experience and understanding the game really well now. So um, yeah, in our, in our front row stakes, obviously we've got you know with Colsey and Safo, and then you've got we've got four or five really really solid props that've been in Super Rugby for a long time um, and are doing a really good job, you know. And um, you know Whopper Jamie McIntosh has come in and and really um, you know done a great job with them, and then and then our locks. Um, Again, guys who have been around uh, for a long time, but you know the Blackwells and the Izzy Walkers and um, guys like that who are 
you know they just get it a bit more and, and they're ready to ready to you know compete with with the best of them. So yeah, it's a good start set piece wise, and it's it's massive a massive part of the game where you, you know you get a couple of scrum advantages and you're able to play off them from scrum penalties and you you score a more try and it's a massive difference in the game and, and allows you to you know then capitalise on things a bit wider. So you know it was a good start with that in that regard. And Reds it's been a massive challenge with the Rebels. I think they're Probably a bit bigger and physical, uh, more physical this weekend, and, and then um, looking forward to the following weekend. We've obviously got a, a set piece battle coming with the Blues when we get back. So, yep, it's really encouraging, but we're not getting too carried away because we understand we've got to keep working hard at that to to, to help us win games. Now, obviously, you talked about the the uh, the Reds result, and uh, I guess one of the selections that uh, raised a, a few eyebrows, um, Peter Lakai, who's obviously had. A lot of hype and hoopla around him and certainly been the name that keeps getting thrown up as uh, someone that's going to make a massive impact this year. But him starting ahead of uh, Karifi, obviously, at seven was probably a surprise to a few people outside of the Hurricanes camp. Karifi back in there this week. But uh, what did you make of Larko's uh, debut there at seven? Yeah, no, mate, he's, he's a quality player. Um, the other thing to sort of consider in all that is that he's probably his best position is probably eight. Um, yep. So he's just a really good footy player. So yeah, mate. Look, he we had a really open mind to our preseason games, and, and we played our last preseason game against the Crusaders in Melbourne. And Pete Larkey, you know, we just couldn't not pick him after that. He was really dominant in that game. Um, him and Dupes will uh, will have a massive battle for that jersey at the moment. Um, and we thought Pete was really, really, really solid in the weekend, but. Um, I suppose in the name of competition, in the name of keeping people on their, everyone on their toes, and we we don't think there's too much between players. You know, we have the luxury of saying, look, we you have your chance, and let's see let's see who's the best option for the following week. So um, yeah, Peter Peter's a special kid, but um, you know, Dukes Dukes's quality and some of the things he brings to the game, not many sevens around can. So um, yeah, I just I just love the fact that we can compete for our positions and. The boys just have to front every week, to be honest. And, and talking about fronting, obviously, for years and years, it's always been the, the jersey that gets talked about ever since the, the superstar Bodie Barrett left town to head north. And uh, Aidan Morgan, due to, I guess, people falling over, and uh, for whatever other reasons, uh, he was your man to start the campaign. Happy with how he started, obviously, going again this week with the Rebels, with his little partnership with the other youngster, Roy Gard. Yeah, look, he's, he played he played really well in the weekend eighties. Um, yeah, it was it's it's a bit unfortunate that Ruben and uh, and Brett Cameron are, are both out at the moment injured. But um, you know, AIDS has really taken his opportunity there in the weekend, and you know he's working hard at his game. He's a he's a talented little ten who just wants to attack everything, and it's just the the, the um, getting that understanding around the game management and when to play and when to maybe get a little bit more depth and, and wait for some other opportunity for you to have a crack. So he was really good in the weekend. And, and you mentioned Cam Roygaard, who between him and Jamie Booth, I reckon they've been awesome in the our first couple of games. And, um, and those two are pretty mature. Like Booth, he's a bit older, but Cam's unbelievably mature and understanding the game really well now. So between him and, and Aids and, and with Geordie outside them at 12, you know, I'm hoping we've got some real good rugby knowledge here that will keep making good decisions when the pressure comes on. And you talk about the two halfbacks there, and uh, it was fascinating, obviously, watching the Chiefs closely, the Weber, then Ratama sort of combination. Do you look at it now 
with your halfbacks that it's it's almost is a, a double act. Obviously, Jamie Booth has had some wonderful performances for himself for you guys, and and now with this young fella Roy Gard. Is it a case of again two sort of different footballers, and uh, both have their time and their place over eighty minutes for you? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I've got a real strong belief in that around not just nines around all positions and. Funnily enough, we've talked a little bit around some of our chats around selection this week and with players, we've talked around what's the best thing to, you know, how do you win the game and, and who's going to do the best job from week to week and, and what role, whether it's, you know, when you take the heat out of the game or coming on when people are a bit tired. And in our nine space, definitely, um, definitely that's going to be the case. I I can't see in our nines playing too much more than 50, 55 minutes in every game because it starts, to be honest. Um because we know the quality and, and maybe the different skill sets that, that they'll bring. So, again, with Booth and Cam, Cam starts again this week. Um, there might be a time down the track where it might be better off to start Booth and bring Cam off the bench. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely a factor in the game at the moment, I think, and especially if these new rules speed the game up. Uh, if the fatigue becomes a bit more of a thing in the second half of games because the game's balls and play a bit longer, and well, I think that's really something we really need to consider around how we use our bench. And uh, I guess just before we let you go, obviously you guys are all a part of Super Round this weekend, but you've got the host, the host team. What have you, what are you looking at? What have you seen from there? Obviously they're opening round lost to the force. Do you expect a bit of a different beast at home and uh, in front of what will be probably one of their bigger crowds of the year? Yeah, um, they're tough. What well, that's what we see basically. You, you know, when you when you prepare for a a footy team, you. you you know, I suppose it's a bit of a silly thing to say that it's a tough, that tough, but they've got some big, strong boys who, if we're one-dimensional or or try and take them on, um, you know, we're, we're, and run into double shoulders and those sorts of things, we'll struggle. So, you know, they've got a lot of boys who like to make big tackles, big carriers, um, those sorts of things. So we need to be really smart and make sure that they, they go through the phases defensively and we, we have all options on so that we don't, um, we don't play into their game where they like to you know, just come in and smash and, and slow you down. So um, set piece again will be massive. Um, we're looking forward to that and, and hopefully we can get some dominance there. Um, but I, you know, I'm really wary around us trying to play a little bit too much early. So I want to get that dominance and maybe maybe um, you know match them physically first. So it's going to be a challenge. I think I actually think it's probably going to be a tougher game than what we had last weekend. To be honest, uh, looking at looking at them. So uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit on edge, and we want to make sure we don't drop the ball here. Well, again, Jason, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on on game day, which I know is uh, very special and a bit of a luxury for us to get you on game day. But uh, all the very best. You've got plenty of Hurricanes fans who are just starting to pop their heads up on our run home and and give us a few texts in just to give us a bit of balance to the Chiefs' love on this uh, show. So uh, all the best this tonight, yeah. mate, and uh, hopefully you go on two or two and zero. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, mate. mate. Good stuff. Just on eight minutes to seven here on the run home time now to announce our Makita Caller of the Week giveaway. And this week's winner is Justin from Christchurch. Congratulations, Justin. A $250 Makita voucher coming your way. Spend it well. Uh, I can only imagine the good use that that'll be put to what potential power tool might be in store for you. Now, we've been speaking, of course, about this big weekend ahead. Let's not forget the mighty Phoenix who are taking on the Brisbane Raw tomorrow as they 
they try and climb that A-League ladder. And on a note on the Knicks, how exciting is this? We're actually doing the Run Home broadcast next week uh, from the Spark Commercial Bay Store. Here's the reason. It's because Spark and Oppo are having the Phoenix visit the Spark Commercial Bay Store to celebrate the launch of Oppo's first ever flip phone, the Oppo Find N2 Flip. That's right. The flip phone is back, baby. Fans can come along to Spark Commercial Bay between 4 and 6 p.m. on Friday the 10th of March and you get to meet the entire men's squad. Get your merch signed, a photo with the players and even play them in FIFA or foosball. I'll be picking foosball myself, I think. If you've got an old school Phoenix jersey, now this is cool. If you've got an old school Phoenix jersey, trade that in for a new Phoenix jersey and get 40% off the new season one. Or if you buy the new Oppo Find N2 Flip during the day, you'll score your very own Knicks jersey for free. We'll also be doing live interviews with the team and a Q&A, so send us through your questions and we might ask them on the day. And that'll be hosted by Beef and Ricardo, uh, who of course is our dedicated host of Phoenix Nation, our Wellington Phoenix show on Thursdays from 3 to 4. So if you're in town... On Friday, get along to the Spark Commercial Bay store uh, because there is just all sorts in store there for you. Meet and greet with the players, uh, all sorts of opportunities for merch. That sounds incredibly cool. Right, coming up after the run home finishes, we are, of course, heading to Wellington where Sam Hewitt. Uh, and my apologies to Kempe, it's actually George Leipold today on the call, the former Kiwi uh, for the Warriors season opener in the NRL down in Wellington. I've seen a gram actually already and it's looking like an absolute perler of a day. So no excuses to not get out there and support the mighty one New Zealand Warriors as they look to a... Uh, bounce back a bit in the NRL after some very average seasons. We believe, right? This is their year. This is their year. It's got to be. Why not? We'll be going shortly after this. Enjoy your weekend and stay tuned to listen to the SNZ call of the Warriors NRL season opener.